Welcome to The Brave Collective, a career building and leadership development podcast from the unapologetic female perspective. My name is Danielle. I'm the unapologetic female, and I'm really excited to do this with you. So let's dive in, shall we? Early on in my career, I was I was really eager to prove myself. As a naturally driven person, I would look for ways I could level up in my career and hopefully get noticed by the right people. I had a lot of strategy in the things that I would do. I remember one job in particular where a window of opportunity opened up for me, and all I could think was that the open position was now mine for the taking. At this point, it was less about the role itself and more about proving to everyone that I could do that role and do it really well. You see, I was in an industry where women in leadership are few and far between. To add to that, I was fairly new in my role, and there were a lot of people in leadership who had been there many years that looked at me with raised eyebrows. Let's just say I had to earn trust. It wasn't assumed. So when the opening became available, I worked really hard to fill in the gaps. I thought, surely they're going to see how good I am at this and offer me the job. Well, that didn't actually happen. Eight months later, I found myself worn out, completely overwhelmed, and beyond frustrated. To be honest, I was pretty angry. I was angry that I was doing the work of two people, at least. I was angry that I had delivered on all fronts, but not a mention of a raise or even a change in title came my way. Why had nobody noticed I was drowning? Why did I feel so alone or that the work I was doing didn't matter? As the frustration grew, the self-doubt followed. Was my work any good? I asked questions like that. And things like, was my lack of qualifications getting in the way of me getting promoted? Do I even belong here? I remember spending one weekend going over this in my mind with microscopic detail. I knew deep down that the work I was doing was good. I knew that the insecurity I was feeling was a result of imposter syndrome. You all know what I'm talking about. And that imposter syndrome had was something I had to combat with um, because they were lies and I needed to tell the truth of the situation. I knew that, but my feelings kind of told me something different. I also knew that nobody was going to give me what I wanted. And if I was going to get the promotion, I was going to have to fight for it. And I did. Looking back to this time in my life, there is no way I would have come to this conclusion had I not understood the underlying core matter at hand. And that's the matter of belonging. For years, I have listened and mentored women and men actually too, who wrestle with their own identity, feeling as though they don't belong in some capacity or another. But the biggest travesty of this deeply rooted identity crisis is that it robs us of walking out our purpose in confidence. But here's the thing. We must understand that at a universal level, we we all belong, regardless of how we feel. This is critical in being able to take ownership of our own lives and to step fully into the potential God has for us. 
We all struggle with self-doubt, but if you question your own right to belong and claim purpose, it might be time to work towards a mind shift in order to start operating from a place of belonging. You will have a lot of uphill battles in your career, just as you will in life. But if you truly believe that you belong somewhere and that what you have to offer is valuable, then you'll have no problem identifying and going after a career path regardless of the pushback you receive along the way. So let's put belonging into perspective. Okay, so imagine with me, if you will, the elaborate detail that goes into planning a family photo session. If you are a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Women are notorious for planning these out to the very last detail, from color coordinating the clothing to finding the perfect photographer and the perfect location. One of the most amazing things about family photos is that we all sort of cringe at the moments that lead up to these picture-perfect poses where we muster up just enough energy to plaster on those forced smiles after battling it out with a toddler who's tired and cranky from being rudely awoken from a nap. If I sound like I'm speaking from experience, it's because I am. Now that I've set the stage for what's to come, Picture with me an elaborate multifamily photo session, including my entire side of the family, which is five families in total. This is both of my brothers, my sister, and my parents, and myself, and all of our corresponding family members. My youngest at the time was only three. And it had been a very long car ride to get to our destination. I want to say an hour. She wasn't having it. None of us were having it, actually, but she definitely wasn't having it and was rudely the most vocal about her disdain. My strong-willed, curly-haired, feisty little mess was sobbing the whole way there, the entire hour. As I mentioned before, this was an extended family photo shoot. My parents had arranged for each of us to have our own mini family sessions, in addition to a larger shoot with the extended family, cousins, aunts, and uncles. You get the picture. Because we were the furthest away, it took us the longest to get there. We arrived at the destination just in time, and it wasn't two minutes of getting out of the car before we smiled for our first photo. No composing ourselves, not bathroom, not having any bathroom breaks, just the four of us frantically stumbling across the grass, me in my high heels, and disdain for the very day we had found ourselves in. We were doing everything we could think of to get our daughter to smile. She was so upset that it took a good 10 minutes to get her to accept what we were doing, let alone smile. So the first several shots were a bit of a blur and full of emotion, as you can imagine. Our pictures of her in those first few moments, though, are some of the most stunning, up-close, and raw images you can imagine. Her tear-stained, rosy baby cheeks and loosely falling curls laying gently on her forehead capture the essence of our daughter in ways that words can't express. It was a beautiful disaster that perfectly captured the raw and real life of what it means to be two years old, but even more than that, what it means to be absolutely precious and adored. If you're a parent, you've likely braved a similar scenario. 
Now imagine the story I just told you. But this time, we just decided to have our daughter sit this one out. She was acting up, so we all concluded that we just let her do her own thing so she could calm down while the rest of us took the photos without her. It's, quite honestly, it's a ludicrous idea. Why? Because for the most obvious reason, she's part of the family. She's a literal member of our physical family of four. If she wasn't in the photo, we'd be missing a living, breathing organism that exists to make our family unit complete. It would be as if you were missing a limb or part of your brain that allowed you to think. It's not complete, and it isn't how things were designed. My daughter, while quite tenacious and a rather driven child, didn't receive any sort of certification or membership to our family. She doesn't pay a monthly fee, and we didn't pick her out of some sort of lineup or assembly line. She was simply born into it. It was, it is, and it will remain to be so forever and ever. Why does this matter? What am I even talking about? We all have one thing in common. We were all born. We weren't all born into privilege, and many of us weren't even born into loving, healthy environments. But the fact remains that we were all born which means one thing. We all have purpose. We all have a story that is ours. We all belong. You may not have been afforded opportunity and even worse, you may have been told lies your whole life. Lies that said you weren't good enough, strong enough, qualified enough. Lies that said you shouldn't even try or that your circumstances are unavoidable. So you should just suck it up, put your head down, and stay under the radar. Maybe your worth has been falsely living in your faith, finances, or relationship status because the people that raised you told you that was all that mattered. Maybe you're stuck scrolling through the perfect moments of everybody else's life feeling less than, secretly comparing yourself to everyone and everything. And while you do, you're being convinced that those insecurities you feel are valid and you start to wonder if you really belong anywhere. But the truth is, even if others have told you otherwise, or your circumstances haven't panned out the way you'd hoped, even if you yourself doubt your own purpose and belonging in this world, it doesn't change the truth that you exist and your existence matters. What matters is that you're here right now. And if you're here, you have influence and your influence is valuable. You belong. Your voice matters. Before you can take your seat at the table of leadership, you have to realize that there's a seat reserved for you to begin with. It's a seat with your name and your voice. It's a seat that no one else can take because it belongs to you and it was gifted to you by a God who loves you. And like my daughter in the family photo, she belonged. Even her, in her messy, out-of-sorts, emotional, and maybe even a little irrational disposition, she belonged. No questions asked. Even if everyone in the room was telling her the lie that the picture would be so much better without her, it wouldn't change the truth of her identity, a truth she can rightfully claim to take her place in the family. Looking back to my role at this job and my desire to um, get promoted into this new position, I think back to the feeling of belonging. 
And you know what? I, I belonged too. I belonged in the position I was sitting in. My responsibilities didn't fall on me by accident, even though that was an insecurity I was facing. I wasn't a fraud. And even though it felt like many others doubted my capabilities, my lack of experience, and my own potential, I was the right person for the role, and I belonged there. So what's your story? What lies have you been told, and how are you allowing that narrative to live on in your head and take shape in your life? We've all done this and some have a harder road to overcome the false narratives that tend to get louder with each setback and failure. But have you considered that perhaps it's time to tell yourself a new story? One that says, I belong, my pure existence is my membership into this human race, and I choose to take back my identity and use my voice for good, my influence for good. Today starts with a choice. Your future starts with a choice. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Your career capacity, it starts with a choice too. And it's your choice to make. Your ability to lead and serve and grow, it all starts with you. A choice to believe that you belong. That you have a seat at the table. Despite whether or not you feel this way deep down, All that matters is choosing to believe it. And once you do, you'll be ready to take your place, the purpose and position in life reserved just for you. And there is no limit to what God will unleash through you once you claim your place and own your identity in him. I truly believe that within each and every one of us, there lies untapped potential. Much like a present that has not been unwrapped, your future is unknown and full of surprise and wonder. God has a very intentional plan for your future. And the thing that I've learned is that his plan is always so much better than the one we have for ourselves or the one we think we want. And when we align ourselves with him, his purpose, his will, and his way for us, and begin to trust our future to him, our desires match up with his desires, and the path to get there becomes more clear. But what about the times that I haven't trusted his plan? Like when I've taken things into my own hands and tried my hardest to manipulate and control everyone and everything around me. We've all been there. Trust me. I know what this feels like. You can probably look back at times in your life when you've acted in this way, taken things in your own hands and made a mess out of your life. But God is a God of grace, forgiveness, redemption, and restoration. He has this way of mending the very thing that I've broken because I tried so hard to do it myself. But he loves us in the mess and through the mess, in the sin and through the sin. Notice I didn't say he loves the sin or the mess. He loves us even when we're making a mess. He loves us enough to not let us go, to never leave us or forsake us. And he desperately wants us to give it to him to fix. He is a God of redemption, and he wants to pick up your shattered pieces and put you back together the way you belong, perfectly whole and wonderful, doing exactly what he created you to do. And to get there, we must trust and we must understand that we belong. It's in our nature to desire belonging. You know, to be connected to something greater than ourselves, to know that our voice adds collective value to furthering humanity in some way. 
In our next episode, we'll explore our deep down desire to be accepted a little bit more. I'll share some about my struggle with insecurity in my career and how I was able to overcome a lot of the setbacks that many women are still experiencing in the workplace. I hope you'll join me. And in the meantime, would you do me a favor? If you liked what you heard, reach out and let me know. I would love to hear from you. Also, would you subscribe and consider sharing? It would mean the world to me. See you next time.